0: Everyone and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android Central, and I have a lot of people on the podcast today. And I'll tell you why I have a lot of people on the podcast today. It's because this week is our 600th podcast episode, and that is so insane. And I feel very excited that I get to speak with all of my favorite people. So let me go ahead and introduce everyone. I've got Harish Janalagadda,
1: who is speaking to
0: us from India. Did I say your last name right? I hope I did. Yeah, (laughs) you got (laughs) it. Awesome. I've got Nick Cedric. Hi, good sir. Good morning.
2: Wait, yes, it is still morning. Yeah, that's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. I've got Jerry Hildenbrand. Hi, Jerry.
3: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Oh, well, I hope this conversation... Turns that blah to something else. Uh, I've got Namira South Fatmi, all the way from Bangladesh. Hi, Namira. Hey, hey, hello. Hello, hello. And I've got Andrew Myrick. Ooh.
3: Somebody poke him with a stick.
0: Can't hear us. Is that me? Andrew. Yep, that's me. Hi. So I had to close the door to my office. Hi. (laughs) Hi. I've got Derek Lee from Seattle. Hi, Derek. You woke up a bit early for us. Thank you so much.
4: Yes, I did. You're very welcome.
0: And I also have Michael Hicks, who is uh, from California. Also woke woke up early this morning. So thank you for joining us as well.
5: Glad to be here.
0: Okay, so the reason why I have... So many of you guys here with us today is because I really wanted to do something fun and special and not our regular, you know, let's talk about the stories that we've written this past week, what's been happening in the tech space, all of that good stuff. I really wanted to talk about, you know, Android in the past year, Google in the past year, whatever has been happening. And I really wanted to start off the conversation by talking about my personal favorite story that we wrote last year when we had the opportunity to break the Pixel Watch story, seeing firsthand for the first time, a real tangible Pixel Watch and the fact that it was actually left behind in a restaurant. And I just I thought it was so fun and hilarious. And I'm going to start by asking you guys, what did you guys think of the story? Did you guys love it? Did you hate it? Did you think it was overblown? Let's start off the conversation by talking about the Pixel Watch.
2: I was very happy to see this sort of leak happen again <laughs> because they're just so fun. I, especially, I think, from a company like Google, right? Like, I, I feel like the last time we had a big leak like that was the iPhone 4, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah,
0: it was. Very similar. Extremely exactly. similar,
2: yeah. And then ironically, later in the year, we had the Quest Pro leak in almost the same way. It was left in a hotel room. So it was a funny year of these kinds of leaks when we haven't had them for like a decade.
0: Totally. And, you know, I think what's really fun about this is that that question that a lot of people had around, did Google intentionally, you know, leak this this watch was, was that an, an intentional you know leave it in a restaurant type of situation and then other people were saying well no Google would never do something like this um I still think there's there's some truth there or maybe not I don't know I like it's it's kind of confusing do you, what do you guys think do you think this was something intentional by Google
3: no no
0: <laughs>
3: I mean thankfully nobody got fired this time and I'm sorry yeah. Shane we got somebody fired from Google years ago because they made a mistake. And that's what this is. Somebody just made a mistake. You've got 5,000 people testing these watches. It's bound to happen.
0: Totally. I fully agree with you on that. Um, okay. Enough of that topic though, because I really want to, you know, we already know how this story leaked and everything, but what I really want to talk about is what you guys, um, provided to me. And I'm going to start by, um, talking to Namira, because this was something that you have said to us in the past and you know, you've you've talked about it quite a bit. This concept that the Pixel Watch is really a great smartwatch, like it really, really is. However, there is so much more space for improvement. Tell us why you think this is the case and also where can we see some of that improvement?
6: Yeah, sure. I think the Pixel Watch is really, really gorgeous, like, it's a beautiful piece of tech. They did a great job with it, and even though there's so much that could be improved, uh, I feel like it's probably the first smartwatch that I've regularly, consistently used every day. So you know, they didn't release a lot of the health features on launch, and the bezels with a light uh, face, watch face, are just insane, (laughs) they're so fat. But despite all of that, you know, it has everything you could ask for. And I think Nick will agree with me here. Nick, you've got a Pixel Watch, right?
2: And I freaking love it.
6: Yeah, so, <laughs> you, don't you Derek agree with me? Derek makes fun of me
2: every time I post a picture of it.
6: <laughs> what do you guys think?
2: So, I will echo the sentiment about the the design, right? Actually, I was at the doctor last week. And, you know, while I was sitting there talking to him, he looked at my watch and he was like... What kind of watch is that? I really like it. <laughs> and I told him it was a Pixel Watch, but it's it's like it's eye-catching, right? Like it does I guess that job that jewelry's supposed to do. It it makes people look at it and go, "Wow, that's that's nice looking." And I feel like so a wait, lot of I, when... what
0: when you were at the doctor's, did your, does, do you know if your doctor wears an he Apple had an or Apple like watch a, any on, yeah. kind of, okay, there you go. Okay. He has, he has an Apple watch. Okay.
2: And and so did the assistant that was with him. So it was just funny to see them both go like, oh, that's cool looking. Like they actually looked at it. It wasn't just like, oh, well, there's only an Apple watch. Who cares about anything else? You know, <laughs> there wasn't that attitude there. And I thought it was interesting because I don't, I don't really remember the last time I've been asked about a watch like that. It's like when f- smartwatches first came out and people were kind of interested in the sort of Dick Tracy effect, I feel like I got more of that, but uh, not in a while.
0: Yeah, and, and you're not the only one to, I mean, you know, I think that was one of the beauties about the Pixel Watch design itself. Like, yeah, there there are a lot of, you know, space for improvement um, with the design, but in comparison to previous um Android smartwatches. The Pixel Watch really is a, a, it's different. Yeah, it's it's a step up and it, it it looks really nice. I think I've said this before. It's very classy looking. Um and uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Do you do any of you guys have have that feeling and sentiment as well?
3: I think the biggest thing the Pixel Watch is going to do is it's going to force Apple to make a bubble watch. Oh. Only because it looks so good. For me, it and it's mostly Wear OS problem, wearables are worthless. I can't take advantage of any of the health stuff, so maybe I'm jaded. But they just have no functionality that I'm interested in, other than telling the time. And I've got nicer watches that can tell me the time. But the looks, it looks very different from any techie watch before. And like Nick was saying, and you truly agree in the mirror, it's pretty. And people with Apple watch on their wrist look at it and say, wow, that's pretty.
0: So question question for you, actually, because of what you just said, Jerry, Um, you know, this is going this could potentially push Apple to come out with a bubble type watch that's circular um but you, we also know that you know apple is so good or n- not necessarily good but has focused a lot of its time on creating the same kind of design for many many years because it knows it works with its customers and this past year um we were hoping for a new design change with the apple watch and we did not get that so do you think that apple is would do something like that by i,
3: I think that they would make their cheap apple watch roundish
0: Mm. that
3: i could see them doing it it differentiates that way apple knows a lot of its consumers like to show off they can show off oh i've got the expensive watch because it's square and the affordable watch can be fun and you know in some people's opinion better looking and it wouldn't affect their design language that much
0: Mm. that um that's a very interesting thought i'm well, I guess we'd have to wait and see if Apple would do something like that. Yeah, but... And,
3: you know, it'll, it'll be 15 years from now. But when yeah. they do it, it'll be because so many people liked the way Google's watch looked.
5: So I've noticed an interesting trend. I'm looking at this Canalys report. Sorry if I said that wrong. About uh, wearable band shipments over the last few years. And if you look at 2020, the highest number of sales were basic fitness bands. Like 50, 52%. And almost no one bought regular watches. It was like 30% smart watches, 17% basic watches. Now, if you look at the end of 2022, it's almost 50% smart watches and 36% basic watches, and only about 18% fitness bands. So, what that tells me is that people don't like fitness bands anymore. But also, regardless of whether or not the watch is smart or not, they want something that looks good on their wrist. They're fine with just a pretty watch. Mm. So something Mm -hmm. like the Pixel Watch that looks beautiful, you know, even if the features aren't great, people might buy it anyway because they just want something that looks
3: good. So (laughs) Agreed.
0: But I want to go back to that stat, though, because you said that in 2022, it was 50% smartwatches and then 37% basic watches. And then in 2020, it was... Wait, that's not
3: what he said at all.
0: (laughs) What did he say? That's what he said.
3: In 2020,
5: it was... 30% smartwatch, 17% basic watch, 52% fitness band. At the end of 2022, it was 47% smartwatches, 36% basic and 18% fitness.
0: Okay. But see that, that then goes, that still goes to show that people, as, as much as there was an increase in people buying smartwatches, there was an exponential increase in people wanting basic watches, which also kind of intrigues me that maybe people are getting bored with smart watches
3: could be i think it's more to do with the looks like michael was saying
0: yeah maybe i, I am Harish,
3: yeah Harish, um, what
0: were you gonna say
1: there's also another reason to consider so most of these fitness bands were produced by huami um they're the brand that owns amazfit and they make all the watches for xiaomi mm, so in okay. the past their watches their fitness bands used to be like 20 30 dollars but in the last few generations, um, that price has increased to around 60 or $70. So given the increase in price, I think a lot of customers are looking at the fitness band and going, um, maybe they'd pay like $50, 60 more and get a full-fledged smartwatch. So I guess that could also be you know, shifting the trend.
0: No, I mean, that does make sense. And also, I mean, who has money to buy an expensive watch these days anyways, because of the economy? Yeah, I digress. Um, But okay, I want to go back to something that you said, Jerry, again. Um, So you also pointed out um, talking about Wear OS and, you know, how it it might not necessarily be as great. And I want to talk about the next topic um, and direct it at Derek, because I know Derek has been talking about this for quite some time. And, you know, just in the past year, you have voiced, you know, your disappointment with Wear OS, but you've also voiced some Parts of excitement, um, and I, I kind of want to get your perspective um, from the Wear OS, just specifically Wear OS market. What are your thoughts about that, and why why are you excited or disappointed about it?
4: In, in the past, like year or so, I mean Wear OS, you know, we got we got Wear OS three finally, um, you know, and it it was initially on the Galaxy Watch for a while, and then the Pixel Watch came out, and then other watches got it, and. You know it it was an exciting time because like for a long time you were wondering like you know when is everyone else gonna get it like you know besides the Galaxy watch Um, and so when Fossil started coming out with the the update like it was a very exciting time I was excited Um, and then like some other watch manufacturers started bringing the update um, or at least on their new watches Uh, so like that was very exciting but and like using Wear OS it's better Um, You know, it's not, you know, it it wasn't made for, I I think it wasn't, like, completely optimized for, like, these older chipsets. But I think that, you know, they sort of did a a good job at, like, making it work. Um, But that's also where I'm kind of, like, iffy about Wear OS, because the experience on, like, these fossil smartwatches is still not, it's still not great. Um, it's good it's just not great um, we're still waiting on you know Google assistant which you know we have on the, the pixel watch we have on the Galaxy watch and for some reason Google is taking their sweet-ass time putting it on um, you know Qualcomm Snapdragon smartwatches so like they're already hindering everyone else um, not only that but we have a new trip from Qualcomm which is super exciting um, the uh, Snapdragon W five plus, Plus. Um, and that was announced summer of last year. So that was super exciting, um, because it was just much more powerful, much more efficient, and it really gave me hope that like this new generation of smartwatches for Wear OS was actually gonna like be able to really, you know, compete in terms of power with, you know, the Galaxy Watch with the Pixel Watch because those run very well. Um, mm-hmm. So I was super excited about that. But, you know, we're almost a year since that announcement. and
0: No, isn't it like now almost over a year?
4: Uh, I think it was in May when they announced the, the, the oh, chip. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're close. And I'm just like, okay, so we still haven't gotten a Wear OS smartwatch with that new chip. Um, and, you know, we, some of the manufacturers, like Mobvoi, still haven't even... Uh, Given their consumers the the Wear OS 3 update so I'm just like alright like it's another waiting game because like I I just feel like you know when the last chip came out it took like a year for us to finally get you know more than one smartwatch with the chip and now like we still haven't even gotten the first smartwatch with this new chip so I don't know like I'm excited for what Wear OS could bring you know once this new chip does come out but it's like you know we're stuck here just waiting again
0: okay who's my wear os analyst here tell us why this is the case
3: (laughs) because the chip sucks just like qualcomm's last this chip is so good
1: (laughs) yeah uh, period that's that's basically it um i got an oppo smartwatch that's using it and it runs color os so i asked them why i mean they launched the previous version of the same watch in global markets with Wear OS, but this one was only limited to China. So I asked them why they weren't releasing it outside, and they were like, yeah, it would take significant resources to get Wear OS working on that hardware, and they weren't willing to invest that. It was easier for them to work with Qualcomm and get Color OS working the way they want, so they limited it to that's, China.
0: That's interesting. Why, why not put in the investment to reach more people?
1: That is a little surprising. I guess for them it didn't make sense because I mean they're still pretty nascent in that category, so I guess they didn't
3: want to invest in the smartwatch department. So, and and I I think it and Harish, you could chime in here too. Qualcomm and Google think very differently about compute hardware. Google they they can use the weakest processor they don't care because they offload everything to smaller dedicated coprocessors that only do a certain thing i i can see google like building an octopus chip with eight or ten coprocessors whereas qualcomm tries to do a lot more on just the processor and builds big beefy chips and if you design an operating system to work well with one style it's not going to work well with the other mm. And Google is either going to have to change Wear OS back to the way it used to be, and they're not going to. No, thanks. Or Qualcomm or Qualcomm is going to have to change a little bit with their wearable chips, and I don't think they're going to. Yeah,
2: I mean, and, and I will echo what you said earlier about Qualcomm's chips. I don't want to say being garbage because, again, that's not fair to them. But I don't think it's – I don't think they design chips that are good for wearables, And I think the Pixel Watch, honestly, is the best example of this. It's a five-year-old Samsung processor, and it outperforms any Qualcomm watch I've used in seven years, right? Like, it's been a long time since a Qualcomm watch has felt this smooth, this responsive. I just, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's almost bizarre.
0: That kind of speaks volumes too, from coming from unit because you have stated in the past that the main reason why you have stopped using a, a watch, a smartwatch is because, you know, it just doesn't perform to your standards yep. and you don't get what you want out of it. But also the fact that now you've gotten the pixel watch and you're wearing it a lot more. You're liking the way it performs um, and there's a stark difference there.
2: Yep. Yeah, and like the the basic things that I use it for, you know, aside from fitness tracking, right? When I'm talking like Google Assistant, okay? Since Google put Google Assistant in Wear OS, it's been terrible until the Galaxy Watch 4, the Pixel Watch, like, you know, this era of, I guess, Galaxy Watch 5 as well, this era of smartwatches. And when I use Google Assistant on this thing, It works, And, like, I hold the button and I ask it a question or I tell it to do something, and it does it. And I don't have to sit there and wait, and I don't have to wonder if it heard me or if it understood me. Like, it just, it works. And that's, that has been a problem with so many Wear OS 2 watches in particular for a long time.
4: I mean, I suppose. I mean, personally, I don't use uh, Google Assistant on my smartwatch. I just find that odd. Um, Even, like, I have... Uh, why? Why do you find it odd? I don't know. I like. I have the Galaxy Watch Five, and I have Google Assistant on here. I don't use it. And then on my Fossil smartwatch, I have Alexa. I don't use that either. Um,
0: Wait, are you too pretentious to not use ass- assistance, Derek? Like, what's up well, with
4: that? I, well, because I also have I also have a bunch <laughs> of um, smart speakers around me. So it's like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna use it, I'm just gonna talk okay, to one of those. Fair.
2: Yeah, um, and see, yeah. I don't use assistance on my phone. I hate it. Yeah, I so, don't I don't do that. Well, okay. I'm the same way you are just with I, a different device. I
0: I okay, fine, fair enough. I will enough. say
4: okay. too, like, you know, everyone talks about how like well, you know, Wear OS three runs on the Pixel watch. I I will say that like even though it doesn't run super well on my fossil watch, um, Wear OS two runs very well on my Mobvoy Tick Watch E three, which is like a sort of mid range Wear os watch still running Wear os2 and on the qualcomm chip that's really um, weird <laughs> so yeah it is weird um i'm not sh- like i almost don't want to like completely blame qualcomm um be- like for that reason um and you know we still haven't seen how this chip performs you know i don't doubt what Apple uh, was saying about like you know it's easier to get Color OS, but I want to actually see how Wear OS is running on these new chips before I really like judge Make whether or not like yeah. it's a crappy chip. Mm-hmm. I
2: would say this is the sort of the last straw for me for Qualcomm. If this one yeah. isn't good, then I'm just giving up on them completely. Like, yeah, exactly.
4: A,
5: um... That's my question. I mean, we're talking a lot about Qualcomm's chip, but would samsung ever sell its exynos to like fossil or mavoi or is that would that get I'm in sh- the way of some exclusivity deal oh, with they, would or, sell, oh they, sure. they
4: would love to sell. oh they would
5: love
1: to sell i think it would just be down to availability because i think whatever they make just goes in the galaxy watch series. so i think they would love to get that going but i doubt that would yeah. materialize. realize
0: wait and i think i think jerry mentioned this a long time ago because i think we had asked a very similar question during one of our team meetings Um, And I think maybe, Jerry, you had said that doesn't Samsung already have a partnership with Qualcomm? Or doesn't, like, won't, like, if Samsung does that, like, won't it kind of affect some relationship, something down the
3: pipeline? I remember what you were thinking of. That was the 5G chips.
0: Oh, my bad. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. The wearables, Qualcomm sells chips to anyone. All kind of, you buy those little you know, Internet of Things, toys and mm. stuff. A lot of them have Xnos processors in it. Mm. Uh but I think Har- Harish is right, it's availability. Mm. Okay. The the Galaxy Watch is selling a lot more than I think they anticipated. And they used all their chips.
4: Yeah, and that's another thing too, um, with availability, um that that's one thing that I wish like we got more of from these other manufacturers. Like I don't see like, if I wanted a Fossil smartwatch, I'd have to buy it from Fossil or maybe go to Best Buy. But I'm not seeing, like, I, I, I wish Fossil had more connected smartwatches, more LTE smartwatches. Because I want to be able to walk into a T-Mobile or AT&T and see just, like, a wall of Wear OS smartwatches from different manufacturers. But all I see is Google and Samsung. Mm. Um, like, where's Fossil? Where's Mobvoi? Where's everyone else?
0: Yeah. Well I guess time will tell and hopefully, you know, uh in the future we see something like that and um that market grows. Um I, I wanna switch gears. I wanna talk about a topic that um we have spoken about in the past, and I think specifically coming from Jerry, he has spoken about this extensively. You've also written about it, you've complained about it, and that is stop. the fact <laughs> and you will <laughs> never stop, and that is the fact that it is 2023. Why are there still some manufacturers that barely support Android phones? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Jerry, take it away. Tell us your uh, problems. I, I
3: Three companies come to the top of my mind. I'm going to say their names, and I think that says it all. Uh, Motorola, <laughs> uh, Samsung, <laughs> and Google, believe it or not. Uh, we, we heard for so long the reason that, Google can only support their phone so long as because of the chipset inside. Well, Google, now it's your chip. Technically. It, maybe it's a Samsung chip. I don't care. I don't want to hear that crap. It's your chip. You designed it. Why don't you support your pixels as long as Apple supports the iPhone? I mean, answer that for me if you've got a reason. And,
0: and by support, do you mean hardware support, software support? Or software
3: bugs? support, bug fixes, updates uh the the actual you know warranty process hardware support that's that's a whole other can of garbage uh but you know why why don't i know that if i buy a pixel 7 pro today that i won't you know need to buy something else if i want the new feature in 3 years
0: because they want they, these companies want to be able to sell if if they didn't if they did if they supported devices for a longer period then they won't need to make more if phones. If you were
3: talking about any company but google i might buy that google doesn't they, they make they lose money on hardware sales they keep doing it they make money by tracking you through the hardware you buy Mm. Google doesn't care if you have a Samsung phone or a Google phone or an iPhone because they're making tons of money off yeah, of it. yeah I mean fair enough they, they're not holding back just so they can lose another two billion dollars and make a new pixel that, that I can't think you know there's no way that's the reason also as as
4: many people as I see like with an iPhone 11 going to like the new iPhone 13 or like you know just jumping every two generations like I I, I don't really buy that either like apple supports its phones for so long but people are still willing to upgrade every other phone sure
0: i think I, I mean i think that is because people aren't necessarily thinking about the support of their phone i think they're thinking mostly about the physical features and like the the features that the company's you know talk about during their presentations which is not the nitty-gritty features that you know Jerry or Andrew or Harish or you guys write about right like those those aren't highlighted those are sort of in the back end and you have to go into the spec sheets to actually read about about that
3: i'm kind of weird with that uh, you know features everybody loves i don't care about them uh, when i buy a product i expect it to work the way but i you're bought also,
0: you're also not an average consumer right jury, right. right like that's you what are, i'm saying yeah exactly like i'm, I'm concerned
3: about you know they put out a, a software mm-hmm. you know update that that makes something worse you, you need to fix that you you can't take features away because you had a buggy update uh Some kid in a basement in Albania finds an exploit that can steal all your credit cards. I want that to be fixed tomorrow, like it is Mm -hmm. on my computer. Uh, DB and Linux fixes updates overnight or provides updates overnight for severe stuff. I don't think Google can do it overnight, but maybe they can do it in a month. Uh, This is the kind of thing I worry about. That's the kind of support I I mean. Keep my Mm -hmm. products in good working order like they were the day I bought them. And I don't want to let Samsung off the hook because I'm guilty too. We praise Samsung because they provide updates, timely updates and all this stuff and fix these kind of bugs, but only on a few phones. So many people are buying phones that Samsung does not care about and they get to them whenever they feel like it and you know those those phones count too mm-hmm. those people count we we tend to throw cheap stuff off to the side and we shouldn't though in some cases they're more important than the galaxy s24 you know the next a series is is a more important phone
1: yeah and samsung is actually doing good on that front because even from last year onwards they've started rolling out updates to the a series on time i mean it's still not as fast as or as timely as they galaxy s series or the foldables but they've done a much better job than previous years and good i was you know, now move it down to that. the
3: j series keep yeah. going samsung you've got a
1: lot of phones you need to take does care the j series own. still exist no they folded that into the a series but then those phones now get better updates more long-term updates regular security patches some of those are even getting like more than three years of security patches and that would have been unthinkable just three years ago
4: like on jerry's point like it is still crazy like the first iphone se which launched in like 2016 still got uh the the late like it's still getting the latest ios 15 updates but we would never see anything on the android front from that like similar to that yeah
1: for every good thing that Samsung is doing, there's also Xiaomi, which basically released the Redmi Note 12 and 13, and it's still running Android 12. Um, so the Redmi Note 12 is like their bestseller series. They sell like tens of millions of these phones around the world, and they decided that it would be great to launch it with Android 12, and they still don't have Android 13 on these phones. It's
3: wild. wild. That's wild. If it's anything like some OnePlus phones, I hope they never do it. Yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah, actually, more than these companies, I think we need to be calling out Chinese brands like you have ZTE, Nubia, Xiaomi, and they never even say how many years they're going to support their phones for. They're always launching them with like old versions of the, the OS and it's crazy how they just get away with it and people still buy them. Millions of units.
3: See, that's tough for me. Nobody buys them here, so I don't know about that kind of stuff. You all need to complain really loud, like I do.
6: I mean, in Asia, Harish, you should know this, right? So we're in sort of the same region, and Xiaomi is like king. People buy hundreds and thousands of those. They're affordable and they look good. That's
1: the biggest problem. So I've called out Xiaomi, I think, now for something like eight years or so I used to do this um, state of Android update yearly where I used to track how many brands were rolling out updates actually on time um, as they promised. And it got to a point where brands started releasing so many phones that I just couldn't keep track of those updates anymore. It was crazy. Like Xiaomi by itself releases like 50 or so phones a year if you count all the regional variants and all. And all of those are different enough that it would need a separate update on its own. And they don't bother updating those phones. So the Android 12 thing that I mentioned, that phone launched like in December and it's still running Android 12. And we're already getting to the Android 14 public beta now so that's just crazy
5: i still have nightmares about updating the when will my phone get android 12 article <laughs> oh god
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is it is, it is one of our best performing articles though <laughs> like to be fair but um Harish, i mean i i want to talk a little bit more about chinese manufacturers but um before we we get to that because this is a, a really nice segue i want to take a really quick break um so stay tuned cuz we have so many more fun topics that we're going to be talking about and we're going to start with China so stay tuned we'll be right back mm-hmm. Indeed is the hiring platform you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because candidates you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash ACP to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP terms and conditions apply cost per application pricing not available for everyone need to hire you need indeed. Okay. Um, so if you're back um, and you have stuck with us this, fa- this long, well, pff, thanks guys. I mean, eight of us on this podcast, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, I want to segue into China because right before the break, we were talking about Chinese manufacturers and how, you know, they just seem to be releasing a million phones in a year. Um, And and Harish, this is specifically towards you because this was the topic that you really wanted to talk about. Um, And I know we're going to talk about, you know, how Chinese manufacturers have improved. But a question that I have before you get to that is why do they release so many phones in a year? What's the what's the purpose of
1: that? every time they release one of their um, new models in the Renault series because they've gotten to a point where i think last year and the year before that they were releasing a new model every four months so i asked what is the point Um, so it's easier for them to churn out new models with maybe one new feature that isn't there in the previous version than it is to you know just have that older model continue to be marketed because for them it launching a new model is easier because it makes it easier for everyone to market it and they're also always constantly in the news cycle. So that made sense. At least that's what I understood from what they told me at the time. Um, it was easier for them to be constantly in the news in China when they were coming out with new models. So they stuck to this really crazy cadence of launching, I think, three new models every year. Um, thankfully, they're scaling back on that now. So things are getting a little more sensible. But yeah, more all of these Chinese brands, if you look at Oppo, Vivo, Xiaomi, and then there's OnePlus that's basically rebranding a lot of Oppo phones now and selling it in the US as the Nord N series. Um, they release so many because I think they want to provide consumers choice. At least that's the official line they say when I ask why there are like nine different variants of the Redmi Note. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't even make sense from a marketing point of view because they have to then, you know, put out promo materials for each of these phones.
0: Okay, but yeah, that that's that's what I was, I was literally thinking about this because doesn't it, I mean... It costs money to manufacture this many phones it costs money to market Um, it costs money to hire pr companies like it almost seems like it costs more money to make all of this as opposed to it being easy
3: there's also the potential for it to be worth it and not at quite the same scale but this is what samsung used to do Mm -hmm. and i know samsung relied heavily on customer analytics they purposely would release two different versions of almost identical phones with a slightly different feature set and then look at user analytics and see which features were used the most but and did
0: samsung do that as as like a testing thing and then i think so doing that? i mean
3: i i of course they won't tell me that but they i i do know they heavily relied on analytics to Consolidate their line. Does so that make
0: sense? If you're just doing it as a as a testing thing, you well, know, ma- periodically. And, but maybe
3: that's what companies like Xiaomi are doing, and they can do it at a much higher scale because they can build phones cheaper than Samsung can, and they have a market that's very hungry for mid you know mid range low price phones. Right. So throw out 15 different models, see which features people actually use. And then next year, your expensive phone will have those features in it.
0: Fair enough. Oh, okay. So Harish, that being said, um, I mean, I kind of digressed from this topic, but I know the main point of this is, you know, you really wanted to talk about how Chinese manufacturers have improved in the past year. Um, tell us about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I see a lot of growth, um, Basically I've been covering these manufacturers for close to a decade now and in the past it just felt like they were releasing phones for their local audience in China and also releasing a global model just because they were targeting markets outside the region uh, like India and Malaysia and Vietnam and some of the other Southeast Asian countries. So there was always a big issue with the software because it was primarily aimed at a Chinese audience So you could feel that it wasn't customized. I mean, there was a lot of interface elements that just didn't feel right. Um, And that has changed. That narrative has changed over the last two years, particularly with Oppo and Xiaomi. If you look at Oppo's phones now, they're really good, not just on the hardware front, but the software is really nice too. Like ColorOS is just refined and it feels modern. It doesn't feel bloated like it used to even three years ago. And it just feels nice to use. Um, and if you look at a OnePlus phone today, that's basically just running Color OS. There's virtually no difference between the two. So they believe that they're at a point where they can just, you know, have that software on OnePlus phones in North America and be okay with it. So they've matured a lot on that front. And the other area where they've gotten better is hardware itself. I mean, earlier. Chinese phones they weren't they still had decent designs but they didn't have a cohesive language and over the last two, year, 2 3 years all these major manufacturers at least got their act together on that design front so if you look at devices like the Find XX Pro it has like a gorgeous two-tone finish and a large camera and it looks distinctive so that I couldn't say that for Chinese phones in the past all of these brands have their own visual identity and they partner with all these other manufacturers to create Large cameras and tune those cameras. And that's also an area that has changed. All of these brands now have really great and versatile camera systems that, you know, co up against what Samsung and Google even do. Um, they're still not good at computational photography. That's an area that's, you know, dominated by Google and Apple. I would like to see Xiaomi and Oppo work on that a bit. And they say that they are. But when it comes to the sensors and the way they're tuning these, there's been a significant difference uh, compared to even like two, three years ago.
3: Yeah, from what I've seen, uh, Xiaomi in particular does more with hardware than Samsung or Google or Apple. They produce, you know, raw image data better. Than any of the big three.
1: That's that's been going on to the foldable, you know, all those gains have switched to the foldable front as well. And this was one area I was particularly excited about because when Samsung started rolling out its foldables, I was like, okay, this is interesting, but I really want to see what Xiaomi and Oppo and Honor and Vivo and all these brands do because they take that hardware and you know make it more accessible. And Xiaomi's done that with the Mix Fold 2 series, and it was really good. It was lighter than the Z Fold 4. Um, the hinge was better. It was lighter, and it had a bigger battery. The only issue was that none of these phones are available outside China. I don't know why they. I don't know why they don't release it. I've asked brands. They say that you know they're gauging initial interest, so it may still be a while before we see these phones. But yeah.
0: Okay. Question before because you nicely segued what I want to talk about next, but. In terms of the foldable market in China, have Chinese manufacturers been able to address some of the issues that North American um, consumers have complained about when it comes to foldable devices? So, like, for example, the crease or like the, the materials used, like, do you think Chinese companies have kind of figured it out?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Chinese brands have always been great at nailing hardware. And Oppo in particular has done amazing stuff on this front. Um, the Find N2, that's the fold-out style foldable. It has a crease that's barely visible. I mean, in daily use, you don't even get to see it. Um, and it's really nice. And the Find N2 Flip, that's the you know flip style foldable similar to the Z Flip series. That's even better because I've been using that a lot this year. And it is fantastic. It's actually one of my favorite phones of this year. It's just such a good phone to use.
0: I guess we're gonna need to, um, you know, get those companies to come to North America because I know Andrew, this is something that you wanna talk about and you have talked about it a lot and we love hearing about it. Just the foldable space in general in North America. um, I like to think of it as hip hip hooray or hip hip no way. So tell me what are your thoughts.
7: God. I don't I don't wanna res- I don't want to respond to that. But just, Jeremy's not here, just but Jeremy's here. Get out here. of
0: here. Get out of here. Okay, listen. I want to hear about your thoughts on this. Tell us tell us what you think.
7: So I am I'm, I'm firmly in the foldable is the future kind of camp. Uh, there is a place for slide phones. Not everybody wants a foldable phone. There are still some durability concerns to be had like with uh, I mean Nick and Nick's wife her flip four just broke right Nick Yep yeah and like if you go on the galaxy fold subreddit there's a bunch of people who you know 6 months or a year after after owning the phone that it, it starts to break and the screen will go black you just unfold it one day but there's still so much room in this. What gets me excited is there's so much room in this space for the, the market entirely to grow as long as consumers keep buying them. Because there are improvements to be made to the foldable. If you look at like the latest Huawei Mate, I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. The, the it, I, What's that? It's the X3. Yeah, that thing is so slim. I want one now. But I'm not going to pay extra on top to have it imported and not be able to still not be able to use it right like i I want more competition and there's rumors that google is going to uh really be the samsung's only competition or first competition here in the states when it comes to like the fold because we always already have like the, the motorola flip and there's rumors about the successor to that coming um yeah, I
2: guess it'll be like the smartwatch space over here, where it's just Samsung and Google, right? On um, on our, I guess,
1: non Apple side of things. Yeah, OnePlus is going to roll out a foldable this year. Yeah, and, and I think it'll come to North America. But
0: even then, I mean, if you if you think about that space in general, I mean, like we we all know that the two dominant players are Samsung and Apple. Um, and and even if if OnePlus comes into the mix of of bringing in a foldable device, Samsung will still overpower that market share. But my question, or I guess I guess the thought that I have here, and we've again we've talked about this before, is this idea of like you want more competition, Andrew, um, and that competition would come from companies like Google and Apple. But we know that neither of those companies would ever do something unless they really believe well, maybe not Google, but specifically Apple would not do something unless they really believe that there is space for this market, that this market is something that's going to grow. Why do you think they haven't created something, especially if they believe that, you know, they don't think that there's something there yet, especially because you are so much on the camp that the the future is the foldable?
7: Uh, because they're too worried about screwing up their first AR VR headset. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. I, mean, there, there's
7: a, I think that they're putting all of their focus into whatever headset could maybe might be announced at uh, WWDC. And they have been for the past few years, which is why the only major change, only two major changes that we've seen on the iPhone are the dynamic, the, uh, the dynamic island and the move from like rounded edges to flat edges. Like they haven't done anything else. iOS has been a mess ipad os continues to be a mess they can't figure out how to make multitasking like splits not even split screen but like floating windows work on iP- on an ipad uh, and this is the most valuable like the most profitable company in the world and they can't seem to figure it out to save their lives but you look everywhere else, almost everywhere else in the android space and they figured it out google's been going and making like massive changes to finally i mean they needed to do this years ago anyways but they've been updating their apps to support larger displays and actually like recognize that tablets are a thing instead of just saying you know what if the if the app developer wants to make it for a tablet they can do that if not we don't care and like that is also transition like that's also tying into foldables because these aren't just like vertically vertical six and six and a half inch displays anymore these are dynamic actually dynamic displays right
2: and and the aspect ratios too like we have several different kinds of aspect ratios you have like the and they all suck they all suck i, I disagree that you know Sam, samsung's is taller versus wider and then and it's horrible i i would rather <laughs> have yeah, i would rather have the the wider Oppo style i
4: i can't i can't anytime you send me a screenshot from your foldable neck i just i can't because it's so annoyingly tall i,
0: I want to just all right you all have a freaking goddamn opinion okay Numira, what did you say first of all oh i
6: think opa did best like the aspect ratio and the size of their foldable will define n2 i think it was so nice just a sweet spot
3: your aspect ratio should be 16 by 9 fight me i don't care you're wrong if you disagree <laughs> i agree
4: <laughs> i don't know i like whatever well what what is
3: it now, actually Twenty-one by two point six or something stupid. I do
4: think that's a little. I don't know. I, I like back in the days when when LG was all about the uh, what is it eighteen by eighteen by nine.
7: Yeah. It's just because you're an LG. Home. I think I think that was nobody the sweet cares spot. about LG. They're dead, Derek. Oh my
3: god. All right, well, now we're clowning, but I want to go back to something Andrew said about or Shruthi. Somebody, one of y'all said, why isn't Apple making a folding phone? And I think a big reason that nobody talks about is because of what happened to Nick's wife's phone, and that. Well, don't Reddit, don't
0: don't talk about it too much because he's writing an article about it's, it. Oh, it's fine. Well,
2: my my article that, is mostly about the experience, so it's okay. Talk you could talk about it.
3: There's there's still durability issues. Yes. Period. You could make a folding phone that's less likely to break, but nobody would buy it because it's not razor thin. We demand. You know, sex phone appeal. to be thin. And did when you just you... say
0: sex appeal? That's what it is. That's yeah. What it is. I mean, it's... <laughs> no.
3: That that that. Oh I, I'm not even gonna. I don't. Oh I, I don't want. No. Harish, get out question, of here. Question. <laughs> question for Harish. Right.
2: Um. I don't commonly see people talk about Chinese foldables or you know whatever breaking like this. It, is that more common with Samsung phones because the crease is so much narrower, or is it just that? more people have Samsung phones, so we hear more noise.
1: Yeah, I think it's because of the fact that Samsung sells a lot more than any of these Chinese brands. But um, the current generation of Chinese foldables that I've used feel more durable, um, at least with the hinge. They're using a lot of different materials for the hinge. I think Honor went with titanium for it, so that it's lighter, but still somewhat more durable. But Yeah, in daily use, I think, particularly with the Find N2 and the N2 Flip, they feel a lot more durable than the current generation Galaxy foldables. So I think it could be a combination of both.
0: Nick, I want you to say narrower, narrower, like 10 times really fast right now. Narrower.
7: I I can't. (laughs) who makes the displays for those? For like the Oppo? is it is samsung making the displays or is it L, is it a combination of samsung and lg i think for like the for the majority of those chinese
1: flip uh, foldable phones some are samsung um for the auto screens at least but i think some could be boe or uh, other you know oem partners gotcha so they don't usually disclose that but yeah it's not samsung for
3: most vendors
6: actually just to interject sorry it might be royal as well have you heard of them
3: Oh, yeah. Always, yeah, I for, always forget about them. And that's the thing, too. I, I mean, I, I know that LG's bendable display level is more durable than Samsung's. And that's probably a byproduct of how Samsung incorporates its its OLED you know panel into the display layer. Uh, but Samsung's looks a lot better. So, you know, who do you go with? You, you, you go with the one that looks better because that's what people demand.
0: You also go with the one that, you know, you know, you know, the name of, I mean, I'm sure people know Xiaomi like name, but I think average consumers will hear Samsung and be like, oh yeah, like, dude, I've gone shopping with my dad for, um, like an electronic device or whatever and he'll he always comes to me and he'll be like get samsung or you know get get this because he knows the brand and he's like yeah it's a good company it's 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 very good it's durable and i'm like but you know there's other brands and he's like no no no, no. samsung samsung get samsung so i think i think it's a name thing too right like you know samsung has sold so many phones etc but
3: samsung phones look better you know from a display point of view and that people recognize that, so they tend to want a Samsung to screen because they know it looks better. So it's it's a big circle, and I think you're absolutely right.
4: Yeah, like being in the U.S., Samsung is huge, and I recently uh, met someone from from Europe um, who was visiting Seattle, and he had a Xiaomi phone, and it thoroughly surprised me. Um, and I asked him about it. He's like, "Yeah, Xiaomi's really great." And so that that was like you know I I of course know Xiaomi but like just the fact that like just a regular consumer was just so like gung ho about Xiaomi just like Actually, loved them.
6: I'd like to say something here, Derek. Thanks for bringing that up because I think what you all are talking about it's very specific to the North American region. As as soon as you step out, you know, in Asia, in the Middle East, wherever you go, we have so many different brands. There's so much competition. The tech space is just more exciting, and people actually use those brands. It's not just Samsung, Apple, you know.
4: And I wish we had that here. Like, I want Xiaomi phones here.
1: Yeah, But
0: it's also, the the difficult aspect is not, I mean, I don't want to get too political with this, but we know part of it has to do with politics, but it also has to do with how these brands work with carriers because in North America it's all about carriers and that's how they sell phones, right? Um, I want to leave the last word to Andrew because I know you wanted to say one last point and then I do want to talk about something that is completely unrelated to phones. So take the stage, Andrew. What was the last thing you wanted to say?
7: Yeah, I just wanted to go back to the Apple foldable thing. Like, if you, I remember, I don't remember if it was the iPhone 6 or the iPhone 6S, the backlash that Apple got because if you put your phone in your back pocket and sat on it and it bent Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. they're not going to let that happen again there's there's no way that they'll have that much backlash that's making you know because apple's in the news all the time anyways tim cook's not going to let that happen
0: absolutely i 100 percent agree okay we've had a lot of fun talking about phones um this entire time but i do want to change a topic to something we write about extensively about, and I would be, I mean, it would be stupid if we didn't talk about it on the podcast. So <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, Nick's favorite, Nick and Michael's actually, Nick and Michael's favorite topic, which is VR. So um, yeah, I guess, Nick, take it away. And Michael, also, if you want to jump in, you know, VR, where are we? How's it gotten so good? Where are we going? I, I was actually really glad that
2: Andrew mentioned the Apple AR VR headset, whatever the heck they're going to do, because I know uh, a lot of the leaks, rumors, news, whatever the heck we want to call it, keeps pointing to the idea that they're not going to be using it for gaming. And I find that so interesting because, you know, my favorite thing about VR, and I think I, I would wager to say most VR users' favorite thing about VR are games, And, you know, a lot of the numbers we've seen kind of prove that. Um, A lot of the people who play every month are playing games. They're not necessarily in dedicated social spaces. There are definitely plenty of people that do. But, yeah, it's like I want to see more of a focus on these things being gaming consoles first, something else second. I guess sort of the antithesis of the smartphone, where a smartphone is a jack-of-all-trades. It doesn't necessarily do one thing better than the other. I would rather these things be focused on gaming. And I think we're in a really good place right now with that. Because, you know, another conversation we have, when Michael was saying he, he has, what do you say, nightmares about when you used to have to take care of the, the Android 12 update thread. It, it's almost that way with our upcoming Quest Games thread. Like, I, I update this article, I swear, almost every day of the week. Because we st- we have, there is so much stuff, and I don't I don't want to ignore it. You know I don't necessarily do it every single day because I don't have time for that. But I, I swear like every day on Twitter, something new gets announced. Or like Michael and I always always have this issue where, oh well, three games came out today that we never heard of. Great now we <laughs> like now we got to figure out what the heck these things are if they're worth covering, and it, it is astounding the number of games and the number of things you can do right now on on these headsets particularly quest because quest has the most users but it's just gosh it's so much fun to play i've i've amassed such a good group of people that i regularly play with and and i don't enjoy social gaming outside of vr um, I know a lot of people will play Call of Duty or Fortnite or whatever with friends. I do play some of those games as well, but I only play them with people in the same room. So generally, my wife and my son, or if I have a friend over or something like that. But I, I don't enjoy online social games unless they're in VR, because there's just something different about how the, the spatial awareness works, about how you feel more like you're playing with a person because they're next to you and they're moving, even if their avatar is virtual, right? Like there's just... There's something different about it. And I love that aspect of it.
0: So I wanted to ask this question to you and anyone can answer this question. Um, You know, you, you've kind of broken down to us where VR has gotten, you know, right uh, up to today, I guess. And the fact that, you know, there's so many games that are coming out and the space is really growing and, you know, um, I think I have heard about VR a lot more since I started working at Android Central because obviously we cover it and, you know, Nick and Michael, you guys are both very passionate about it, which is really exciting for me to learn more about it. But I guess, and and, uh, and I'm reading a lot about it a lot more from other publications as well. But in terms of the future, um, do you, two questions. Do you guys think that it will become more... Of a standard console that people will be purchasing and two where do you think the vr space is headed towards
5: so there's a few interesting angles to that one specifically with quest because that's just the big one that's the only vr headset that's really sold it in huge numbers is that you know the quest 3 is coming and based on the leaks we've heard it's going to have the equivalent of a Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 inside of it. And currently the Quest 2 has the equivalent of a Snapdragon 865. So if you just think about the, the fact that they are able to make immersive games on a relatively old chip by this point, and then they're going to just blow away those benchmarks and still have it be wireless, and but just the graphics improving, you know that's really going to just help in terms of making games better. Uh, but you know the the question really is just whether or not companies like Meta and everyone else will continue to invest enough in gaming to attract more than like the, you know the current niche VR crowd um, because you know we. This kind of jumps to the next point we'll be talking about, but, you know, Meta is in the midst of its next round of layoffs, and there was a rumor that they were doing it to shift from focusing on the Metaverse to focus on gaming, but then it came out that they had actually just fired a bunch of the people that they had acquired from various gaming developer studios. So, you know, if companies like Meta and Apple are saying, no, it's not, (laughs) VR isn't just for gaming... It's also for working. We want you to wear a VR headset eight hours a day and use that as your laptop. I mean, if they're putting all their money into that and then it doesn't pay off because people are skeptical of that, then it'll tank and then people will pull out a VR and it'll just go back to what it was. I mean, in terms of the future of virtual reality... It's really hard to say what's going to happen and whether or not shareholders will allow things to go any further than what it is now. And maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe we should be satisfied with VR just being a great gaming console that a certain group of people really enjoy and let it slowly grow over time. But companies want more than yeah,
3: that. Yeah, I, and I think, I know you and Nick are going to disagree, but I think VR peaked. The, the Quest 2 was affordable and everybody that wanted one and people that you know wish they hadn't have spent the money bought one where do you go from there there's no room for growth until something happens that makes you know the people that weren't interested that aren't interested today they need to invent something to make us more interested uh, and I, I don't i don't know the answer there but I really think that's why things have slowed down on the vr front uh maybe it'll be ar you know i i don't know what the answer is but i i do really feel like it's peaked it's the same people talking about it over and over and over that doesn't mean it's not a valuable market segment because i do think there's a way to make money with vr but if you want that market to grow you have to figure out a reason. To attract the people who aren't interested today.
2: Yeah, and and on on that note, I think Quest Three will tell us whether or not Quest Two was a fluke, or if um, you know the trajectory really is continually going up. Because Quest Two, you know, again as I said, from the numbers we've seen even just this week, is solid. Like people are still playing it in the millions. There's a lot of money still being made from it. Like the people who use it love it. And maybe to your point, like the people who got it are the ones that really love it. And that's why they picked it up because it was finally affordable. Um, But I, I think part of it too is down to marketing and focus. So I think meta has been way too focused on too many things, right? Metaverse, gaming, this, that, the other thing. I really think they just need to hone in on gaming right now and let the whole metaverse, you know, uh, wearing it all the time for work, whatever like that. Let those concepts slowly play out as hardware gets better, as software gets better, as they figure out UI designs because anyone who's had a quest for the last two years will know the UI has changed 15 times in the last 24 months. Okay, They don't have any idea what they're doing and they're throwing stuff at the wall to try to see what people like and how they use it. So we're still in that really early development stage of we don't really know how to make these things the way that, you know, Apple or Google or whatever makes a smartphone because they figured out the UI. And I think it would be better for them to focus on a single thing, in this case gaming, and I think that will do more good than, you know, people laughing at it because you have a brick on your face when you're trying to work. Um,
0: I think it's also, I think they also need more competition. though. Oh, like.
2: absolutely. They 100% need more competition. And I think... Uh, if, if Pico could finally come over here, right, and if some of these other players will come out of the woodwork and start um, at least trying in the U.S., and I know, again, that goes back to some of the politics stuff we talked about earlier, um, I, th- I think that will help substantially.
5: Um, I mean, will Apple make people take it seriously? I mean, is that even a possibility? It, will people care about a $3,000 headset just because it's Apple? I don't...
3: I, what are you going to say, Jerry, first before I respond? I, I, I was going to say we need to see something different. Uh, I know, Nick, you've been around this scene long enough. Uh, the iPhone, the first iPhone, it, it, it came in a world of Blackberries and Palm trees And, yeah, BlackBerry and Palm are different, but they still kind of look the same. The phones were basically the same. And then Apple came, and it was completely different, and people loved it. That's what VR needs, is a company to come out with something that's completely different, but also good. Yeah, and, and I think on that
2: note, um, Apple also did a better job of marketing its product than anybody else. And that's oftentimes a lot of, of what they do. They don't necessarily make better products. It is the case in some, some markets or some devices. But I feel like their marketing is generally what gets people to really latch on to their stuff. And, you know, I've, I've had discussions or people even trying to argue with me on Twitter recently that VR is too expensive and it's, it's, you know, you still have to have a computer and all this stuff. And I tell them, uh, it hasn't been that way for years. And then they get pissed at me because they think I'm arguing with them, right? Like there's, there's still some weird perception issue where people think they got to spend a $1, thousand, 1500, $2,000 to get into this. And I'm like, no, this thing is cheaper than a PS5. Like it's not expensive
4: some of them yes like yes oculus but i mean when you're going for like the psvr2 yes you need to buy the playstation with it so you're spending a thousand dollars
2: yeah i mean this particular conversation i'm referencing was in relation to the quest but yeah it's not like there's not the option there right
4: right but like but but then like you compare like you know like if you want to get into vr like yeah you have the cheap option which is or the more affordable option which is the quest um then like i've i've also i'm not sure how true this is but like um you know i've sort of seen comparisons where like it seems like the psvr2 is better even though it's more expensive so it's like if you want the better vr experience you have to spend more
0: michael only michael can tell us
3: right and (laughs) you know the 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 steam the, the the index it's probably better than the psvr in 2 in a lot of ways too but you're at the point now where you can buy a, a Quest 2 and it's really damn good and I don't think I think Nick's right that people don't understand it's not like it was 5 years ago when you had Google Cardboard and the HTC Vive and there was a, a an ocean of difference between how good each one was it's not that way anymore the Quest 2 is good enough for anyone
0: boom mic drop Very, very, very well said, Jerry. (laughs) But yeah, you know, I want to I want to get to my favorite part of this podcast because I'm already sad and depressed and I want to be excited and happy again, which is what we're going to talk about next. And my favorite thing, um, which is what made you happy this past week? And I have eight people to get through. So you all better have something happy this past week. Who wants to go first?
5: I can go. I might have already talked about this than the last time I potted but just I've been dealing with uh, a foot issue that just completely messed up my running schedule and running is the only time I feel alive basically but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I've, I've been able to to get my, my, I was having to just run like twice a week for just a couple miles and now I'm back to like I ran nine miles yesterday I'm, I'm getting my mileage back up and just you know, just really enjoying being out there before it, you know, since I'm in California, it's going the weather's going to get warm soon, but I'm just enjoying the last dregs of
3: spring before then and just getting out there.
0: I love it. Okay. who wants to go
3: next. My parrot makes me happy. Good. She's back here. You probably can hear her. Her name's Henry. She's 13 years old now. She knows the dumbest things to say like right now Mm -hmm. she's doing the candy crush game sounds unbelievable can you can you
0: get her to swear does she swear
3: Uh, yeah i'm praying that she doesn't (laughs) because she knows she she can yeah she's my bird so she talks like a sailor but uh she is my constant companion you can hear her because she won't be out of the room with me. She follows me around. She even goes out to, I have a little workshop where I do a little bit of woodworking. She goes out there with me. The only time she doesn't go with me is when I'm fishing because there's no way I could deal with her. And uh, I just realized listening to her and laughing with my microphone muted (laughs) that she really makes me happy. I love her.
0: Oh, that's so lovely.
3: Thankfully she'll outlive me because our dog just passed and I had a hard time dealing with that. If she would go I would just lose it. That's how much I love her. So, she makes me really happy.
0: We love her too. But I'm surprised you didn't mention that you love how we're recording on 420, Jerry.
3: Oh, see, I didn't even know. I'll be I'll be right back. <laughs> no, you
0: won't. <laughs> well, good, good thing. Good thing you're. It's the end of the podcast. That's right.
2: <laughs> like, wait, podcast's over. All right, peace out.
3: <laughs> Say hi to the people, Henry. Hi, Henry.
2: Nah, he's not. He's not gonna talk now that you want. And now, now she's quiet.
3: Now she
0: decides yep. to not talk. That's what life is
2: like <laughs> with a parrot.
0: Okay, oh, who wants to go it. next?
2: All right, I'll go. Um, it's spring, so that means gardening stuff.
0: Ooh, yes.
2: Which I love. I just love gardening outdoors, all that stuff. I know I'm a techie, but man, I'm a sucker for putting plants in the ground. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, oh, I, really I totally feel you on that one. It, it's almost like this, um, it, I don't know, it's invigorating, like being able to like see something grow that you made grow. Like that's so cool.
2: It is. And uh, my dad moved to a new place and the landlord there has a ton of old wood that he's getting rid of. And like, you know, from what I can tell, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. And even if there is, I'm going to use it for garden projects. So it's nice to not have to spend a bunch of money <laughs> yes. on wood this year.
0: I love it i
4: love it i love it okay who's next i'll go um it seems like a bit traitorous to say this but uh i uh i've started my own podcast
0: oh fun
4: (laughs) yeah um i haven't it hasn't like been published yet Uh, i've only recorded one episode it's me and a friend um, and we've been talking about this for months um, and I've been kind of just too lazy to get started. And uh, so recently I kind of just like, I was like, all right, let's just do it. So we recorded.
0: Um, What's your podcast about? Uh, it's it's
4: kind of just about our lives. Um, we've been friends for about 10 years. He's from the Bass Country. Um, he lives in Australia now. Um, and so it, it's got, like each episode just, you know, obviously just kind of has like a different focus. Um, but uh, it's we've we've recorded technically two episodes, but I'm only gonna publish like one is kind of just like a test, um, and we've recorded our first like official episode, and we're working on recording the second one I think today. So um, I'm just really excited, and once I finish editing and getting it up, then uh, I'll let you guys know so you can check it out.
1: Hey,
0: can I, like I be, a,
4: can
3: I be a guest on your podcast?
0: Yeah, can we all be a guest on your <laughs> Me podcast? Me and the birds.
3: <laughs> um, possibly. Um, you can say no. It's all right. No, say no, no, no. Screw I, That guy. We, we're
4: we're like we're we've been we're kind of like planning a lot of the episodes out, and we know we want to have guests eventually. Um, we just haven't like really planned those episodes out. So, um, once we do, then uh, yeah, I'll I'll start inviting some people on
0: okay i want to move on move on from you derek you can't always be the center of attention here okay um <laughs> let's talk uh, to namira andrew and harish what was the thing that made you happy this past week
1: i've been excited by the premier league so that's football but for the rest of the world not american football and <laughs> i back a team called arsenal and i've been following football for i think close to 20 years now and I think they're...
0: everyone knows who Arsenal is, dude. Seriously.
1: Oh, yeah? Who? Okay, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Arsenal have a shot at winning the league this year. And that's been weird because they've never... I mean, they were in a position to win a few times in the past, but they messed up. And it actually looks like they were in. So, yeah, it's been thrilling to watch the Premier League this year. See.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. I love that. Okay,
1: Namira, I know you wanted to go
0: next. Tell us what made you happy this past week.
6: I'm just happy that I'm surviving the heat. It's super hot here these days. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, two days ago we had the hottest temperatures that Taka has seen in 50 years. Yeah.
3: Wow. <laughs> insane. That's insane. Sounds lovely. Oh I love it to be stinking unbearably hot.
6: Degrees Celsius, uh, close to 50. It was around 45-ish. I don't That's know, insane. Fahrenheit yeah Oof.
0: okay andrew your turn um i've been
7: playing more of my steam deck the last couple the last week or so ever since having the puppy I, have, I can't just sit at my desk all the time so having the steam deck lets me go play elsewhere
0: good i love it that's one of the reasons why my partner got a steam deck as well so wise decision to get that steam deck of yours okay last but not least myself what made me happy this past week um a couple of things i'm gonna say it every episode that we record a podcast we are now officially guys three weeks and a day away from the release of the next zelda game okay i'm gonna say it every week how long it's gonna be before the next when it comes out okay i'm just really excited about it darn right (laughs) i'm really happy and um I think Andrew and Nick are also equally excited about it. So that made me really happy. And then, um, yeah, you know what? I know I always say don't make this work related, but, you know, recording this podcast has been really amazing and it's made me feel incredibly appre- I I'm always appreciative of all of you guys, but the fact that I get to work with every single one of you guys and hear the knowledge And just from this episode, and if you've made it this far, truly, it's incredible. And it's such an honor to work with every single one of you guys. And it makes me really happy that I get to do it every single day. So I've broken my own rule. And with that, (laughs) I'm going to let you all go. But wherever you're listening to us, whether it's in the morning, afternoon or night, thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us for 600 episodes. We finally made it and thank you every single one of you guys for being on this podcast and making it, you know, as sane as possible. So we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.